0: All right. Good morning, everyone. My name is Devin Keeler, uh, licensed and certified athletic trainer in Western PA. Uh, I'm joined here with Saskia from uh, Dublin, Ireland, if I'm not mistaken, if that's where she's at. And uh, we're here to talk a little bit about some uh, things going on in athletic training. And athletic training, I think for some people don't realize, is something not just specific to uh, the United States. So uh, go ahead and talk a little bit about yourself and uh, what do you do.
1: Okay, so uh, my name is Saskia Schmidl. so I'm actually from Cork, so it's a little bit further down. Ah, <laughs> you? I, um, I'm a certified athletic therapist here in Ireland, so I'm also a member of RT, which is the Athletic Rehabilitation Therapy Ireland, so our governing body. And I graduated last year from um, a four-year degree at IT Carlow, so Sports Rehabilitation and Athletic Therapy and yeah it has since opened up my own clinic which is based inside a gym and that's where i work daily, So, <laughs>
0: nice nice so you yeah. sound like you, you kind of got everything going i mean graduated and now you got your own setup that's it's always kind of exciting and only having your own business it's kind of the transition that kind of like healthcare is taken so it's exciting to see that uh you're taking those steps very daunting, um, but very exciting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, that's what I mean, like I see I see all the things that Owen posts every once in a while, and he seems like he's here and there. He's he's doing a lot of good publicity and stuff. So I'm assuming you're on that same end. So uh, exactly. it's just it's definitely an exciting time for you guys.
1: Definitely. <laughs>
0: yeah. So um, so uh, just kind of go a little bit about. Uh, so why did you want to become a certified athletic trainer? What was your um. Uh, purpose that you wanted to chase when you decided to become an athletic trainer?
1: So I actually haven't, I never heard about athletic therapy or athletic training um, um, at the time when I was trying to decide what to do for the rest of my life. Um, So I initially was very interested in physiotherapy um, and because, you know, it was pretty difficult to get into, um, I started looking up other similar courses um, and what else could be done. And it was actually my mother who came across the course in Carlos so the Sports Rehab athletic Therapy course, which was four years long at Bachelor of Science. And we decided to go up to the open day, see what it was about, you know, talk to through the lectures and see what's done in the course. And when we were up there, you know, um, even seeing what was involved all the modules i was thinking you know this is great like and physiotherapy just kind of you know <laughs> that there you know i didn't feel the need to um go on any further although they were saying you know that's you know a backbone that people used to get into it but um having said that um, i was really happy with the course and what it entailed and i think by the end of my second year i knew that i had no desire to go on to do anything else that this was you know pretty perfect <laughs> so yeah that's um that's kind of the main the main reason there but i suppose i kind of thought that um i would suit it really well because you know just the idea of being able to help others you know overcome whatever it is an injury pain or disability um was just you know i thought it would be a really rewarding career and um, yeah that's kind of what initially got me into it
0: yeah, no, that's that's uh, that's exciting to hear. And it's it's funny, too, because you hear that a lot, I think, here with some athletic trainers here in the United States. is like, oh, yeah, I just would love to use this as that backbone into physical therapy. And, again, I think that's, again, how much of a crossover there really is and that it's not just a specific thing to where we're at and how broad and grand this profession has really grown to become and the education behind it. And we all kind of have those same motives. We really want to see the successful outcomes of those uh, injured Um, the injured population through any kind of physical activity, dancing, um, uh, sport. Um, Here in America, we've done a lot of new things where we're actually starting to integrate into some uh, military settings, into firefighting and things like that. So it's like this huge transition. And some people maybe think, oh, are you overstepping? No, I mean we're starting to practice, starting to expand on the top of our scope of practice. And I think you even said it a little bit earlier. I mean you're you own your own business and you're helping establish successful outcomes and having creating a greater impact than just something that's making a couple bucks. It's you're really transforming some people's lives. And I think that kind of comes bound down to the the limbic system of what athletic training and physical medicine is is just for the greater good to help somebody achieve their goals and their dreams so um that's just kind of again a lot of similarities back and forth between here in america and ireland which a lot of things a lot of people need to understand that though they're in different places they do represent the same things um so with that now, it's kind of when, when we go when we talk about like something maybe some of the differences or some more of the similarities what is the typical day for an irish uh athletic trainer or athletic oh. therapist?
1: Okay yeah exactly. Um, well I guess that mainly kind of the general areas where we would work here are you know private sports injury clinics and um, you'd have obviously you could be looking after a recreational or a professional sports team or athlete or even work in a general workplace um, mm-hmm. but those are kind of the most traditional settings but for me now I suppose a day-to-day would be inside in my own clinic and the gym you know I see people in and out and I do like to spend the full hour with um, the patient you know whether it's an initial consultation or a follow-up and um, so you know to get a bit of treatment in obviously there's a lot of patient education going in there as well and I do really put my main focus into the exercise rehabilitation so you know I really use the facilities that I have um, and I suppose I don't know do I have you know, not everybody has the luxury of having a fully equipped gym, you know, or close mm-hmm. to them, especially when you have a private practice. And not everybody has, um, you know, the time to be giving a full hour to certain people. You know, other clinics are busier, you know, in and out they go. So um, I suppose mm-hmm. everybody different. But um, especially as a new grad, I think it's really, really important to, you know, take your time with it and uh, really get the most out of your sessions with that. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I'm not involved with any sports teams so far. So um, I have struggled with that, although I have covered about a handful um, of games since graduating college and I really do enjoy it and I do want to get into it a little bit more. But um, yeah, again, down the road, hopefully um, I will get a little more work done on that because obviously that is equally important as working in a clinic and other two completely different settings um, while they do go hand in hand together as well. So um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that um, also, yeah, unfortunately I can't um, comment too much on that, but uh, Mm -hmm. yeah. So no
0: that's yeah that's that's always the fun part I mean event coverage is always kind of like the 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 highlight of the week I know here like here in the states uh like Friday night football is like the big thing i mean i, I even when I started my new job that's what I look forward to, and I still look forward to this day we're in the off season but like Friday night football is just such a staple of american culture and so yeah. like like having that is it goes a little bit bigger than athletic training, but so it's event coverage is so exciting, whether it is football. Whether it is soccer or whether it's uh, even on your end like the Gaelic uh, sports, I mean, when I was there in Ireland for a little while, that was such an exciting uh, session. I really liked the uh, hurling. I thought that was kind of like a real cool combination of like lacrosse, baseball. There soccer. is,
1: good. yeah,
0: that and it just, yeah. And there's some, there's even some Gaelic things starting to pop up here in Pittsburgh. I know it's huge in Boston, so. I know one of these days I got to travel and venture out and see if I can get some experience covering those because it, it was always experience. yes,
1: definitely that would definitely be worth it. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> but, uh, definitely. Yeah, but even this year, like it was, um, it was quite important to your charity actually because it was the first time, um, I suppose, athletic therapists were invited along to the Dublin City Marathon. So you know to help and support the athletes there, and you know to be able to work alongside a nurse and a medical doctor. You know, it's a great mm-hmm. opportunity there. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully that will become an annual mm-hmm. thing. So unfortunately I wasn't able to make this year, but um, you'll definitely see me
0: floating around next year. Yeah. No, yeah, that's. I might I might have to shoot you a message on that one, see if I have some time to hop over, because that would be a really exciting thing. Because as athletic trainers, we do a lot of those things already. Like I've worked the Pittsburgh Marathon, Um and it's it's so exciting that that interprofessional team where like once you get into that medical tent, like hey, this is the triage, this is what's going on, and Athletic trainers in those events would play a vital role in that triage, but then again, it's also that very exciting thing that interprofessional practice. Which I don't know if you heard my podcast yet on that, but that's like that is the epitome of what it means to be a holistic healthcare clinician working together, working off the strengths and the weaknesses of a team, and just really providing one great standard, exactly. Yeah,
1: so yeah, yeah, that's definitely um, was a great opportunity this year. So uh, hopefully, that'll expand a little bit more <laughs> no yeah
0: definitely I mean that's definitely uh, there's a huge need for athletic trainers in that setting because I mean if you look at it, not how many doctors and like doctors and nurses and all that are very skilled and very great but as athletic trainers at least uh here in the states we I think we take a lot of pride in that initial uh assessment of the emergency situation what's going on how do I ensure the safety of the patient ensure the safety of those around them and I think it's yes. a huge opportunity for athletic therapists there in Ireland to really step in, like sh- continue to show their value of what they have to provide. So that's, that's exciting to hear too.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: So what, one thing I kind of wanted to talk about too, though, is like your individual care in your one-on-one session. I think as athletic trainers, um, sometimes we get that, but um, we don't get it as much uh, as we would like here because there definitely are times, uh, I don't know if you've, seen a lot of athletic training in America, but like when you, I'll bring up football because it's the most common, but like sometimes you have one, two, three, four clinicians responsible for a hundred to 150 patients or 150 student athletes. And so that's a very daunting task. Sometimes you don't have that time to do that one-on-one care. And I think that's a big difference. Like yeah. my international experience, um, is that like, we definitely have so much more. We don't really get to focus on that. And I think I, we miss a lot of patient care with that. Um, to where you guys, uh, that individual care is so vital and imperative to really ensure, hey, are we actually moving the way we need to go? Hey, how's everything going? Checking in maybe on that mental state. Um, realigning expectations and goals is so important. And like I said, sometimes we get that, but more often than not, I mean, you've got maybe 30 or 40 people at a time in the room and then the next wave comes through and it's definitely a very daunting task, but uh, a big it also a big difference.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can imagine that. But again, like, you know, the amount of experience that you guys must, um, you know, get in those kind of settings that we don't really have the opportunity to get, like, I suppose, you know, there's pros and cons to everything, like, you know, at the end of the day, we do get to give our full attention to the person for the full hour, you know, Um, and yeah, so mm-hmm. I suppose there's pros and cons to to both sides.
0: Yeah, no, there, there's definitely of- there definitely is like that big pros and cons list to it because like again the pro to it like when you have the individual care like you can really make sure you're hitting a lot of the specifics. But then sometimes like are we making a big enough impact around that person too? I mean, is everybody else getting better around? It? Is it at least from the athletic side like as a team? I think as we move into some of the firefighting and uh, military settings too, I'll be curious to see how that transitions into practice because I don't have a lot of experience, but I think it's something that's very valuable and I think we're gonna start to see um a big impact that athletic trainers make in that untraditional setting like that.
1: Yeah, definitely. And you know, that's something that would be, you know, such a great opportunity to do here as well. But um mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, it's just, you Mm -hmm. know, not not a thing yet. I mean, just to put it into perspective, I suppose um, when we were learning about, you know, Nata and Kata and all those, you know, all the kind of um, athletic training, athletic therapy um, bodies around the world, um, we were told, I think it was in 1950 Nata was established. um, Mm -hmm. And at the time, I suppose this was about a year, year and a half, we had 44,000 members and RT um was founded in 2011 and currently had 16 members so you know like there's um that's a pretty big difference i know ireland yeah. is minuscule compared to america yeah. as well but um, yeah. it is a huge difference so you know there is a lot of room to um you know to grow and mm-hmm. to you know maybe mm-hmm. get some of those opportunities into Ireland,
0: so yeah. Definitely, no, yeah, that's it's. I think you always got to start small. Uh, just one of the one of the people I talked to not too long ago, she's doing a uh, thing where she brings in students and mentors them if they want to be an athletic trainer, into some other healthcare professional, or even I think another big idea we came from that was just going into life with some experience of how to be a professional. Um, you've got you've got so much to learn off of these different things, and she the big highlight she said you got to start small you start too big you miss so many small things um, and you really miss on the quality of the outcomes and I think you guys are at least from what I've seen you guys have done a really good job of growing on that end but I think as, as the, with the NATA we have so many expanding experiences and new opportunities for as new as you guys are I mean those are even maybe even at a greater exponential because um you guys can maybe follow some of the things, but even establish new things. I mean, I'm not too sure what those opportunities would be in your setting, but again, maybe you guys start off something new. And like, we, we got to bite off of that a little bit. Cause um, that's how I think we'll get great exponential growth and collaborative growth, which would be very exciting as we move forward uh, with this yeah. relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So, so with that, what are some of the uh, requirements that you guys have to kind of fulfill to become a uh, athletic therapist?
1: So we have to have an honours degree, so that's a level eight in any sports-related medicine or sports medicine-related field, Mm -hmm. and that should also include 500 hours minimum of clinical practice. You then have to go on and be a certified first responder, and you also have to pass the RT certification examination. So this exam runs up in Dublin twice a year so far, Mm -hmm. and it consists of a theory and a practical part. So um yeah the theory is a whole bunch of multiple choice questions and then the practical i can't remember how many questions are in the practical i think it's about five or six but um yeah and you need a 70 percent pass rate for either both so the theory and the practical together um to pass and then you have it you're a certified athletic therapist (laughs)
0: nice nice no that's it sounds very similar i think kind of what where nata or the boc started here in america um we started off with uh, they had to take the oral they had to take a written practical exam and then take the the actual hands-on and do demonstrate a couple clinical skills and things like that now we've definitely transitioned away from the clinical application side and making sure that i think a lot of athletic trainers are just coming out with a strong base of the knowledge because for so the old standard was you come out with your high school diploma you have to have four years degree you could sit for the exam but there's this big change now actually which is uh it's kind of caused a little bit of an uproar with some, but I think it's a very positive change. And I've had some good experiences where now we have to have a uh, master's degree. So they're combining a lot of programs. So whether it's a four plus two, a three plus two, four plus one, um, these programs, you have to, you'll get your bachelor's and then you sit for another two years, at least for uh, that master's degree, where you're getting the, the didactic and the clinical experience and, a lot of people are like, oh, well, I mean, how do you really get that much experience in two years, blah, 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 and there's a lot of other concerns, but at least for me, I have a student right now who's exceptionally well. I mean, he, his knowledge is there. The level of commitment is there. Uh, we're actually even doing a research project together. That's how well I think it's actually integrated so far, and it's only the first two or three years, or first two years of this transition, and it's really exciting how that's moving and how it's going to transition into clinical practice.
1: Oh, Great. Right. So- yeah, yeah so is that, is that um so you you know do you have a four-year bachelor course then as well um, mm-hmm. before that that yeah so that's.
0: yes yeah so uh with that four-year course you could do bio i think okay, so so student i'm working with he actually did his in biology um but okay. you could do exercise science biomechanics um uh kinesiology you could do physics uh a lot of the things i mean you obviously have to meet some requirements with make sure you get your anatomies chems physics um psychologies and some of your other basic elements so uh there you just have to meet those requirements of that program and then you will go into your master's which would be an entry-level master's in athletic training okay right
1: yeah, yeah. i suppose <laughs> you learn it all there
0: yeah yeah so i think it's a i think it just goes to show how much growth that this profession has had because sometimes and say my thing of four years sometimes isn't even enough to do all that so i think that six years really encompasses a whole clinician for what physical medicine really is and, uh, creating a well-rounded individual.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: (laughs) So we actually already talked about this a little bit. Uh, some of those unique opportunities, uh, you're in your own private practice. Uh, there's some sports coverage here in the same in the States or anything. So I think we've kind of already hit on some of those opportunities, but, uh, what is it, maybe an opportunity that you were, um, maybe interested in that you haven't maybe explored yet?
1: Um, so I definitely think that, you know, working with kind of bigger sports teams and like, you know, or even a few sports teams together, you know, in just kind of bigger facilities that where you could help athletes, you know, whether it's prehab or rehab or mm-hmm. doing the strength and conditioning or, you know, anything like that. Um, just to, cause you know, all, I think the majority, um, um the athletes tend to just go into private practices you know like there isn't really anything out there where they Mm -hmm. can you know any i'm not really sure how to Mm -hmm. explain what i'm trying to get at but um Mm -hmm. you know um just bigger facilities really with more athletes that you can Mm -hmm. work together alongside more ease as opposed to it just being yourself you Mm -hmm. know obviously it's good to work by yourself you know you kind of throw yourself into the deep end and it makes you learn you learn faster you know you make your own mistakes But um, when you have um, the opportunity to go into something bigger like that, you know, and work alongside more ATs and maybe, you know, some other healthcare practitioners. um, Then, you know, I think that would have a huge impact on the way we kind of work and the way we work together. Um, Because, yeah, I don't think it's really a big thing here yet where, you know, you have something like that where all the athletic therapists or other people get to work together. Mm-hmm. And you know we're all kind of out here by ourselves, you know, trying to yeah um, try to make a living. So uh, yeah. yeah, I think that would be really, really good, um, mm-hmm. a really good opportunity to have. And I suppose you already have lots of that kind of stuff going on. over Yeah, yeah, you
0: know, yeah because you yeah, because if you look at like where we kind of like athletic training kind of even started, that was like the initial beginnings was out of high school. I mean, a lot of these people came from the military, didn't really have jobs, and some of these medics, I mean, they kind of just started on the sidelines, wrapping up wounds, taking care of things like that. Like that was like a medic from the mil- from the military it was like kind of like first athletic trainer, and, that's, and that was on the sidelines of an of a athletic event. And I think if you look at the big cultural differences, I think, between Ireland and the United States, is that I think the United States has a huge emphasis on athletics. Uh, like making it a career path and a lot of dedication and time to that, where I think if you look at the European model of physical activity like that, it's more of a recreational thing. Like, Hey, let's just go pick up a game. Let's go have some fun. I mean, it's not really that competition mindset. And I think that's where that kind of opportunity is lost for athletic trainers over there. Cause you don't have that culture of like, Hey, athletics is potentially somebody's career in her life, which is, again, another daunting thing, because sometimes you could make a, a, million, a multi-million dollar mistake with an athlete, and that's a whole nother conversation, but.
1: Yeah, exactly, but, um, yeah, again, like, with the with the opportunities and, you know, bigger facilities, I suppose um, it would be really good to get more of the, I know you're very kind of athlete-focused, but, um, you know, over here, we tend to work with a lot of the general population as well, so, mm-hmm. we obviously do as well, but, um, you know, I think that often when you say to people you're an athletic therapist or when you have something like sports injury clinic or something like that, you know, in your business, that, you know, the general population kind of go, well, you know, they can't help me. I'm injured, but you can help me. I have to go to see somebody else. So uh, mm-hmm. that's something else that I think would be, um, mm-hmm. you know, pretty big going down the line. Just to, um, I suppose, if the more recognised we get out there, the more. You know the more people will kind of understand what we do mm-hmm. and um maybe feel a bit more confident or comfortable coming into yeah. us you know for to yeah you know, the as well.
0: so, yeah i think i think that you bring up a really cool point i think it's a really good transition and i think uh like if you look at here in america i think we're moving better more toward that general population you guys are trying to come into the athletics so that's where we get that intersection which is funny but i think you mentioned like oh they see that sports thing oh you're you maybe don't know what you're doing but that kind of goes into something really exciting that you guys just went through, and that's the transition of a name change of your profession. So, like, yes. what, was, what was that process like? I mean, first of all, congratulations, because I know that's a big, daunting thing. But yeah. um, what was that process like for you guys?
1: Um so yeah, it was pretty daunting, I suppose, at the start um, but yeah, I suppose it has been you know suggested and put out there for quite some time now that maybe we should change um so just to clarify, we went from athletic and rehabilitation therapists to athletic therapists um so that that name change was you know um was kind of thought of for the last few months, I think, and the main reason being um that you know to so I suppose have us out there with. Other, like yourselves, I think you're athletic training, yeah? And then mm-hmm. so Canada, athletic therapy, Japan, athletic therapy, you know, it's such a you know more commonly used um, title. And I think a lot of athletic therapists here in Ireland wouldn't have used their full name either. So their full credentials, you know, they would have already kind of considered themselves as an AT. Um, and just kind of left out the whole rehabilitation part. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I think that was kind of the main idea of it. And I suppose just because it's more a term that is more consistently used worldwide. um you know in when you know for branding and promoting and all that, it's just a lot easier to do and pronounce and to market as well. And I suppose for the general population as well out there, you know, it's easier to remember, maybe easier to repeat, and obviously mm-hmm. then you know, um, it might grow a little bit more, but yeah, I suppose the pros then of keeping our name was um to have the rehabilitation um word, you know, in with the title. And obviously we have used that title um since RT was founded. Um I was actually one of the people, one of the small handful of people at the very start who um thought keeping rehabilitation would have been a little more beneficial because just for the simple fact that I thought it is such a huge, you know, mm-hmm. part of what we do, you know, like um But, you know, looking back on it now, and, you know, obviously everybody's very happy with the name change. We're all delighted um, to be on the same page now as everybody else. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, again, um, because um, people had already kind of been intending to use athletic therapy, I don't think it made uh, a huge difference just yet. Um, Mm -hmm. But now hopefully people will start using it more and other people will start using it more, not just ourselves. Um, So, yeah. No, and again like you know for the things like say you know if you had a canadian athletic therapist or an american athletic trainer i suppose um at the olympics and you know their jacket was saying athletic therapist then you know that's automatic branding for us as well Irish athletic therapist so you know it all kind of falls in under the same, mm-hmm. same yeah. term which is good <laughs> yeah
0: no that's yeah that's i think that's like that's what we want we just want clarity of what we do um I, i'll get into it a little bit here in a little bit but i think Clarity of what we do is going to kind of help us show why we do certain things. Uh, Simon Sinek, I don't know if you read the book, Start With Why. It's a really good book uh, that I really suggest reading about some of this. I think we can apply it a little bit to some of this name change, but what we do, and it's providing those clarity, providing that clarity of, hey, this is the athletic therapy or athletic trainer that's going to go to help you achieve your things that you're struggling with and i think a lot of people struggle. at least and i think i'm on this end because i used to be on NADECK. Hey, yeah we should definitely change our name like athletic training people just think we're track coaches like i was in R- or uh, czech republic and they thought i was a track coach i'm like no i'm not a track coach like i'm a medical professional and <laughs> and they don't do like that because the name is doesn't transition doesn't translate well not even just yeah. other language, but even just in English communication. Like people are like, "Oh, you're just a coach." No, I'm not a coach. I'm here. I'm mean, a medical professional. I'm, I want to help you achieve your goals. And I think what's they you start they start to see that of uh, how we do those things. They're like, "Oh no, the, he's the guy or she's the girl. That's who I'm going to for an injury." So I think that's a lot of change. But one thing I kind of want to bring up is with that name change, and I, I kind of challenge a lot of people: is the name change is such a small part. We have to change why we do it because just because we change the name doesn't change why we do it you can call me a can opener and i'm still going (laughs) to be an athletic trainer you know what i mean like i'm going to do those things and that's injury evaluation prevention diagnosis um and along those lines and again sometimes the name doesn't matter it just does provide clarity for the general public and like you said like if you go to the olympics everybody knows who's who to go to but for me i think the big change needs to come in our education of what we're doing and Using outcomes to demonstrate our value—is this patient getting better, or are we just slapping a band-aid on it? And they're saying, it you know what I mean? And I think that's yeah. what we have to highlight: what we do, internet—not even locally, but internationally. Okay, as athletic therapists and uh, trainers, what we are doing is that we are um, creating better outcomes for physically active individuals. And I think that's the the big thing. That when people say, "Oh, you're just beating the dead horse with the name," yes, that's where they're coming from, but um, it helps because we create that clarity and sometimes that that'll they'll have a streamlined path to that why we do things um and i think that comes with a big success that you guys have i think a lot of people are going to see what you do or what your name is and now again it's going to streamline i think you guys have really set a good precedent of what that name change may do for the impact of this profession
1: yeah um i mean yeah you're completely right there i mean like even i'm not sure what it's like over in the states but um even here, like, you know, we'd often get referred to as physios or, you know, a sports physio or, you know, physical therapist. I feel like it's just kind of an umbrella term people use to describe people, you know, just anyone in the anyone mm-hmm. like us really. Um, which is, you know, obviously at the start, it was kind of hard to... Um, you know kind of clarify that with people and say you know no like i'm an athletic therapist this is what i do this is what you know we aim for um and things like that but then again you have people that come in who just who don't care what you do they they come in because they're hurt and they want to get fixed Mm -hmm. and they don't care if you're a physiotherapist or an athletic therapist or an athletic trainer you know they they're coming in for your you know your your help i suppose um Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: yeah so you know it's kind of Yeah, Mm -hmm. you kind of have different people there and, you know, other people then are quite surprised, you know, they say, oh, you know, how long have you studied to do this? And, you know, I kind of give them a bit more information on that leisure training and they kind of go, oh, really, like four years, what would you be doing in those four years? And you're like, you know, like you feel a little frustrated with it because you have put in all that time, all that hard work Mm -hmm. and people still don't really know. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what you can do you know what you're yeah. able, able of doing so uh yeah, yeah. No, i think the name change is definitely um gonna mm-hmm. gonna help with all that so yeah
0: <laughs> yeah i think i think you bring up a good point too with people just don't know i mean think about it back to like i think when we started you didn't know what it was until your mom showed it to you, you know what i mean like <laughs> we like we like sometimes like we get in like some some athletic therapists and trainers get into this and don't know what they're doing and being there, just and then like sometimes people find that passion. Some people find the hard way, and next, next, next one onto the next one. And mm-hmm. uh, we, uh, I think we have to do a better job at educating a lot of people why we do the things that we do. Because I think because if you look at what Simon says, people buy into why you do something, not what you do. Um, and so I think if again, then you and again you highlight again, people once they're hurt, they're going to see us and be like, right, I just need help with my injury, and then that's yeah. when they buy in. They become oh, athletic trainers are great. Athletic therapists are great, and then we start to educate and populate a little bit better. People are coming out of high school okay, like, hey, I want to be an athletic trainer because they do a great job and they meet up with a lot of my values and expectations of yes. what you know life and what I want to do. Um, so I think that's a big thing. But one thing is uh, last thing I want to kind of talk about um, for you guys: why did you why did you guys all feel that you had to change that name? I mean, we talked about that why a little bit, but why did you have to change the name why not just stick with athletic training or athletic rehabilitation
1: um well i guess simply because people were more tending towards using athletic therapy anyway you know they weren't using the full the full title for us and i suppose we it's just kind of get us out there a little bit more to you know maybe people um some people would have you know uh, be familiar with the athletic trainers and athletic therapists over in america and they just wouldn't realize that athletic therapy and rehabilitation over here you know is nearly the exact you know it's very very similar mm. um, so yeah i think that's kind of thing, and it's just easier for people you know whether mm. if you're dealing with the athletes or the general population to to remember you to you know to you know, word of mouth even, you know, to tell other people, okay, you know, this is the athletic therapist I was with. And, you know, when you kind of scare people with, oh, I'm an athletic and rehabilitation therapist, you know, they they kind of say, sorry, what? <laughs> I know it doesn't seem like a huge change, but at the end of the day, it is, you know, a lot um, shorter and a lot easier to deal with. Um, and again, just to get that mutual recognition out there with all the other athletic therapists um, around the world and athletic trainers and whatever it might be. Um, so, yeah, I kind of think that's, that's the main why and you know we have been doing really well um say this year with the name change you know with being invited to the marathon you know we're making big steps and with health insurance companies as well and i suppose make it easier for those as well you know to you know athletic therapy we are trying to get recognized as you know on the practice, on the health practitioners this week um uh, and just to make life easier for everybody else <laughs> yeah uh, so yeah yeah
0: yeah I think I think that's most important there's clarity and then you get exactly. con- then you get that confirmation because there's not the questions are answered what are you doing home athletic therapist who is focusing on improving patient outcomes. Cause here in the States, we don't get a lot of rec and there's a lot of new things come out with third-party reimbursement and th- some starting to trickle into that, but still not where I think we should be. And I mean, like if we're in that uh, outpatient setting, we're providing the same care. You know what I mean? Um, yep. I, don't get me wrong. I don't want to take away from physical therapists or anything like that. Cause I think they are phenomenal with what they do. They are definitely a, a great above when it comes to some of those things, but I mean, we are knowledgeable healthcare professionals who um, are experienced and experts in some of these fields, and let's work yeah. together to do that, and that way we have better outcomes, we get better feedback, and just continue to grow, uh, and I think you guys make a really good point that kind of even helps me kind of want to dig more into it. Like, I think, hey, maybe we should dig back up that conversation of a name change, but uh, I think, in, at least here in the States, we have to continue to build on our why why we're doing things and how we're doing it. And that's with outcomes. And I think eventually we'll be able to maybe make that transition. I think you guys are kind of taking that opposite approach, which I think is going to be exciting to kind of set a precedent of the success behind it. Um, or maybe there's some struggles that ha- are going to come up with that name change and you guys have to rearrange. But it, it's, all, it's all a learning experience. I mean... Yeah. At end of the day my feeling is you can call me whatever you want to call me just understand like i'm here for you i'm here to help improve your abilities to do what you want to do um and at the end of the day you it's like sticks and stems it really is and exactly yeah you know yeah. we we are we are at
1: the end of the day no matter what you call us so. <laughs> exactly exactly yeah so
0: But hey, I just wanted to thank you for taking your time out of your busy day to talk about some of these things and some of these similarities and differences between the athletic therapists and trainers uh, from the two different nations and how we are really working together to achieve one big goal, and that is quality health care for the physically active. And uh, I really appreciate it. This is so exciting. I love being able to connect not yeah, were, thank you
1: so much for, for having me. I think this was just great.
0: great no, it, it really it really was. I really look forward to any future inter interactions. Uh I want to get back to Ireland here soon. I was there a few years ago and it was such oh, a beautiful it was such a beautiful country and great food, great people, and it's just such a welcoming community and I just can't wait to get back.
1: Super. we will be glad to have you back. <laughs> Definitely.
0: So well, hey, thanks again and uh we'll no talk soon.
1: Thank you very much, Devon. All right. Bye.
0: Bye.